Are you a pet sitter? Welcome to a space created just for you. We'll be talking all resources that aid in the humane treatment of animals through proper pet care education, introducing resources for you, the pet sitter. So sit, stay, and treat yourself. This is the Pet Sitter Podcast. The information regarding medical, animal handling, environmental, and behavioral pet care techniques on the Pet Sitter Podcast do not qualify you to perform any of the techniques talked about. This podcast is not a supplement to having proper education and training. Listeners are advised to use information heard on this podcast at their own risk. Please take all steps necessary to ascertain that information you receive from the Pet Sitter Podcast is accurate. The Pet Sitter Podcast is a guide to seek educational knowledge and omits any liability. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the Pet Sitter Podcast. I'm your host, Ramsey, and today is all things SOS, aka doggy lifeguarding, pet mother safety, as well as a few other water safety tips to aid you in your pet sitting. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, all right, all right, pet sitters. Welcome back. I am so grateful to be back today. And if hearing about doggy lifeguarding doesn't put a smile on your face, I am unsure of what will. I'm beyond excited to dive on in and talk about the new service, SOS, aka dog lifeguarding, that I introduced to my business last year, and it has become a very popular service. We're going to roadmap through how I introduced it to clients. I'm also going to roadmap through my jet pilot checklist that I go through to perform this service, what it looks like, what one should be qualified before offering the services, and how weather plays into it, and then also other water safety tips. So let's dive on in. (laughs) SOS stands for Supervised Only Swimming, and that is a dog lifeguarding service that I started offering last summer. It became an opportunistic um, service A client of mine moved into a new home. The new home had a pool. The dogs loved it. They constantly swam with them. The owners did. And so it was a no-brainer that when I came to stay for the first time in the home that I had been requested to swim with them. Thus, Supervised Only Swimming was born. I was approached to provide the service and immediately I did my research on water safety Um, got together the tips that I would need and education I needed to cover so that I could best prepare myself. So pet sitters listening, if you have a client that has a strong swimmer pet now, they swim with their dog often, I hope this episode gives you inspiration to maybe speak up and start offering supervised only swimming. And I also hope that this provides insight to pet sitters who care for animals that are known non-swimmers, such as French bulldogs, 
to educate you in the importance of water safety and supervising pets, no matter if they're swimmers or not, around water. Because let's be honest, it only takes a second of unsupervised pets around water and you have a serious accident. So this episode, I hope, finds every pet sitter well with the heat of the summer coming on, with increased bookings. I hope that this aids you in some way. I want to talk about the qualifications that I believe someone should have because there is no known real accreditation certification to become a dog lifeguard that I am personally aware of. So what gives me confidence in providing the service, I found in three qualifications. Number one, being pet CPR certified. Number two, being a strong swimmer myself. I love swimming. I enjoy it. It's my thing. It's my jam. And number three, being able to lift the weight of the animal if they are wet and limp. So if you are caring for an 80-pound dog, A wet, limp dog could weigh about 90 to 95 pounds, pulling them out of the water. So being comfortable in aiding a lift the weight of the dog that you are supervised swimming with would be your final qualification that I personally would think one should have before offering this service. Again, the service should be offered to already existing swimmers, so I would not recommend this service to train water dogs. That is for another podcast. Disclaimer, I am absolutely not saying that this is going to train the dog to swim. So please be certified to do that. Um, This podcast episode was to address how to introduce supervised only swimming to already swimming dogs, to pets that already swim. Because as pet sitters... The services that we render are often extensions of the owner. So if the owner is already a strong swimmer with a pet, I feel it is appropriate that I can then step in as long as I am three things. Pet CPR certified, a strong swimmer, and can lift the weight of the pet if they are wet and limp. Something else that uh, pets uh, lifeguarding, doggy lifeguarding, is, is what it looks like and the the steps that one should think about when dealing with water safety. So first and foremost is if you care for a pet that has water on property, so pools, koi fish ponds, lakefront property, a creek, if the dog has pure access, meaning it is not fenced in, anytime that the pet is outside you should absolutely always in general be supervising it but be extra cautious and have your water safety radar on and watch the animal because again it only takes a split second for an accident to happen if you're lucky and fortunate to work for people that have water on their property and it is fenced in as a pet sitter and you are not being booked for these types of services to make sure that they do not have access to the water by shutting the gates. Because a pet who swims will swim regardless. So if you are able to close it off in a fenced area, I always suggest closing it so that they do not have access until 
you have been booked for that service or you are ready to provide supervised only swimming. Until then, the pet has zero access. Um, again, knowing if your pet is a known swimmer or not is a huge uh, indicator on whether or not you're going to be offering these services. Um, and also do your research on breeds that have a high risk around water. Again, such as Frenchies, they will sink like a brick. If they're in the water, they have to be supervised. They need to have on a life vest. Um, they're just not made for that. I'm not saying that French Bulldogs can't swim. I'm just saying that it requires very detailed supervision. So having knowledge and education on that, I hope that that roadmaps you curiosity-wise to get more educated on water safety, to be more thoughtful about if you're caring for a pet that does live on a property with a water source, just be mindful of that. I will share with you guys my little checklist that I go through when I provide these services and also how they were introduced. You know, I was approached and how I treat these now are bookings that I started offering to clients that have pools and creeks and koi fish ponds on their property and just introduced the conversation of, hey, just wanted to let you know that I'm also, uh, you know, I have trained observation in um, water safety. So even though I might not be swimming with your dog, I hope that you feel comfortable knowing that I'm going to be watchful eye on them, making sure that they're not getting into trouble. I'll make sure that the gates are closed. If the people don't have gates, just ensure to them that you're going to keep a watchful eye on them because it would just be a shame for something to happen. The checklist that this looks like for me when I perform SOS doggy lifeguarding is first and foremost, I go out to the area. In most all pools that I swim in, there is a fence around them. So I go in the fenced area and I clear out the yard of all non-flotation device toys. So tennis balls, plushies, bones, anything that's going to absorb water or sink is not allowed in the yard. That goes out of the yard. So pull away all non-water friendly toys. The second thing you're going to want to do is replenish the area with water safety toys. Kong makes an excellent flotation buoy. I highly suggest it. I love it. It's made out of a foam material, so even if it is punctured, it will still float. PetSmart sells a similar bright orange decoy. Those are great backup toys. However, they are plastic and if a hole is punctured, they do sink. So having extreme caution with supervision with those toys, which is why I really like the Kong brand, um, is replenishing the area with flotation device toys. Number three, the thing you wanna do is clear the pool of any hazardous um, devices so coiling up that uh, pool vacuum outside of the the pool um, getting that out of the way making sure that there's nothing obstructing the pool area floaties anything like that you want to make sure that the dogs are able to swim without entangling in anything one of the last things we're going to do to prep the area is provide a clean water source for the dogs and have a designated shaded area the shaded area is not as important because we are going to talk about pet weather safety and how this plays into water play, but it does help to also have an umbrella or a shaded area for the pets to dry off and, and stay cool.
Um, I know that that's, I said that that was the final step, but the, the final, final step before water play starts, once everything's set up, once the water's out there is to then go get in my bathing suit and grab anything else that I need, towels, water, cell phone, treats for the dogs, treats for me, my sunscreen, anything I could possibly want. I need to have it in that area by the pool because once supervised swimming begins, it is just that. It is supervised only swimming, which means no leaving to go to the bathroom, no leaving to answer the door. If you leave the pool area, always take the pet with you. Never, ever, ever leave a pet, whether they swim or they don't, especially. Never leave them unattended near water. It's just dangerous and a given. So after you're all set up and ready to go, it's time to play. Um, What this looks like, dog lifeguarding, is two things that you are supervising 1,000%. And that you are actively engaged. So this is not a time to tan, swim yourself, unless if you're playing with the dogs. Um, you know, it's, it's a time to be engaged actively, to be supervising. Not a time to be um, on your phone. It is a very serious thing, water safety. Because again, all it takes is a second for something to happen. And you just always want to be actively engaged. After the water play session, of course, drying them off really well. Um, We're going to also talk about some other things later on in the episode that you should do after. But real quick, let's jump on into pet weather safety and how that plays into supervised only swimming. And that is exactly that. It's pet weather safety. So just because it's 100 degrees out, but you're booked for a supervised only swim session does not mean that you can have an hour long session in the pool. You still should heed and advise the pet weather safety plan. I have linked the chart in the podcast details. You can click the pet weather plan link and it leads you to a page. Scroll down. There is the graph I am speaking of. This is my go-to graph for my business. This is the resource that I send all of my clients every summer and it is a chart that visualizes pet weather safety and gives you a black and white like no confusion this is whenever it becomes unsafe and I have found it very successful Um, it basically is a chart that tells you hey once it reaches 90 degrees everyone's at a spectrum level of five which is high danger heat exposure Um, proceed with caution outside Uh, so when it's 110 degrees out and you get booked for an SOS service Keeping it minimum to a 5-10 minute water play is best advised. Or if your client wants you to do a 30 minute, 45 minute session in the pool, moving it to an earlier time when it is cooler in the morning is going to aid you in being able to perform that service. Um, A lot of people forget about humidity as well. Humidity plays a huge part in pet weather safety. So depending on the humidity, some mornings can be a higher humidity than it would be in the evening. So if it is a high humidity day, maybe you push it to the evening. Whatever works for you, again, please do your research on this. I'm just trying to bring awareness to humidity and the way that it affects the dogs and it's just really hard on the pets. I'm not saying that pets can't 
survive in high humidity. Clearly they do, but with some health factors, age, breed, it does become a consideration of pet weather safety, uh, humidity. So being aware of that and and being able to speak up and say, hey, you know, I know you booked me for three o'clock to come swim 30 minutes with Fluffy and Flu-Flu, but they are, you know, the weather's just too hot. We're going to be able to play max 10 minutes. Um, Do you want to move it? You know, be verbal about that because they can still get heat exhaustion swimming in the pool. And that's where pet weather safety plays into that. Again, if you go to the detail in notes, um, there's a link right there. That is what I utilize for pet weather safety. I live and swear by it. Another link that I'm linking up because it wasn't invented till recently is the Walkies weather app. And it's actually a customizable app where you can um, enter, I think, the breed and age of the dog that you're walking and the location. And it tells you more specific customized to that dog, whether or not it's safe to be walking or when it's safe to be walking. And it's a really cool resource. So that is also in the show notes linked there. Um, And finally, what I want to talk about are more water safety tips. So after you're done water playing, whether you're in a a stream or you're in a pool, you want to rinse the dog with a clean water source. I'm going to give an example of why. Uh, Last year, whenever I offered this service, it became very popular very fast because Dallas is very much so a market demand. Um, people see it, they want it. And the cool thing about being a pet sitter is we're off. We, we often are outside being engaged and active and it offers a free marketing platform for people's neighbors to be driving by and like, oh, who's that lady? She's really great with your dogs. Who can we utilize her? Can we have her information? And referrals spread like fire when the proof is in the pudding and you're putting in hard work and people acknowledge that and see that. Or your clients are just wowed by your services. They just refer you and talk about you. I think that that's a really great um, uh thing to have. And so being a really good pet sitter, being really good at your job is just so important. Um, but I'm kind of rambling off topic now, but, um, back to rinsing off the dogs. Um, so whether you're in a stream or in the pool, you're going to want to rinse them off. And there's actually two different reasons. So if you're swimming in a stream or the ocean, or a lake, you want to rinse the dog thoroughly with clean water. You don't have to use shampoo. You can just rinse them thoroughly with a clean water source because that type of water source play harbors bacteria. So symptoms of them becoming ill from water play in a lake, stream, um, ocean, you know, could be diarrhea, vomiting, and cysts. You also want to make sure that they're not swimming with any open wounds. Um, I think that goes back to the head, the the snout to tail assessment that we do every time we arrive at a booking. So if you notice a, a lesion or a rash or something, definitely skip water play if you're booked for that. Um, going back to uh, the lake water, so that is the reason why you would want to rinse after lake, ocean, stream play is because that kind of water play just harbors bacteria and can cause diarrhea, vomiting, and cysts. As for pool play, whether it's salt water or chlorine, those are both um, 
chemical environments that expose the pet's fur that can be really sensitive. So symptoms that um, the pet needs to be, that, that the pet is over swimming almost, uh, and why you should be rinsing is because if you don't, um, the pet can have rash and even fur loss. So those are symptoms of overswimming and chemical burn, as you will. Um, and again, just really important why you want to thoroughly rinse the dogs after water play every time. Um, I promised you guys an example. Last summer, um, again, when this kind of picked up in this neighborhood I was offering it at, uh, you know, it became a hot service. Doggy lifeguarding, it, it's so much fun. I love it. I've been doing it a little bit this year. Um, it is starting to pick back up. But um, last year, a lot of my clients started experiencing rashes, especially the doodles and the Labradors. And so the more research I did, I'm like, something's happening. Like, they're all getting rashes. Why are they all getting rashes? Well, you know, if you're swimming every day and you're thoroughly drying them off, but you're not rinsing them off, you know, they're drying with those chemicals, with that bacteria on their skin, and that can cause things. I don't have any clients that swim in the ocean or streams. Um, everyone I, I swim with is in pools, and most of them are salt water, but there's a few chlorine. But still, um, pets just have a sensitive coat anyway. Uh, they have natural oils. They get stripped away when they're submerged in the water. Um, so being really mindful of also rinsing off your pet after water play is going to just seal up the end of the um, service. And uh, that is the roadmap to it. So that is the roadmap to offering supervised only swimming doggy lifeguarding is being qualified is um, you know letting your clients know that you offer the service and then knowing exactly what that service looks like. Um, I hope that this episode aided you in, in picking up these breadcrumbs, as you will. I am never going to serve you a whole meal and promise you certifications and, and golden roads, but what I can do is leave you breadcrumbs towards a direction for you to do your own research, your own education, and do what, do what works best for you and your pet care business for you to thrive um, how you best want to. So I love sharing uh, experiences with pet sitters on this, on this platform. Um, I think it's really cool what we get to do, and I think that, um, you know, being more creative – with how we approach how we provide service is more now than ever totally changed up so i hope that this episode found you well until next time pet sitters y'all are amazing hey pet sitters hey are you new here did you know that you can go back and binge listen from the very beginning of the Pet Sitter podcast? That's right. <laughs> Start from the beginning and gain insight, information, and pure relatability with every episode. Don't forget to click subscribe so that you never miss a new episode of the Pet Sitter podcast.